chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. You, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Page 573, 573, Psalm 80, and we're reading verse 1 to verse 7. Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, See God, I have come to do your will. O God, in the scroll, in the scroll of the book it is written of me. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure, sacrifices and offerings, and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. 
See, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And it is by God's will that we have been sanctified through the, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. This is the word of God. The gradual number 41. 41. Mother of my Lord, 
lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Church, this is the gospel of Christ. Man of grace. 
making a journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was six months pregnant with a special baby, John the Baptist. When Mary arrives at Elizabeth's house, the baby in her womb left for joy. They visited and, uh, Mary, and Elizabeth comforted Mary with some encouraging words. Mary at this time was young, unmarried, and pregnant. A terribly shameful state to be in at that time and the society in which she lived. Persons in similar situation would be stoned to death. Yet Mary begins to lift her voice in praise to the Lord. In doing so, she reveals a heart that is in love with the Lord and also a mind that was knowledgeable of the Old Testament uh, scriptures. She teaches us that we can praise the Lord in spite of our circumstances and that God's grace is sufficient even in the most trying times. Mary's great song of praise has come to be known as the Magnificat, which means my soul celebrates the Lord. It reminds us that the birth of Jesus is about far more than gifts, Christmas trees, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, or any such characters or symbols we assign to Christmas. Santa Claus, which is the name given to St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, whose day was celebrated on December 6th, was a third century saint who was known for selling all his possessions and give his money to the poor. He later became part of the inspiration for our modern day Santa Claus. The Christmas season is about learning to celebrate God's glory and goodness. Mary's prayers proclaims, for he that is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. The Almighty has done great things for her. It was a personal focus, but Mary did not lose sight of God. For us, to rediscover the worship of praise, we must rediscover the mighty things God has done personally. Here, I am reminded of the hymn, When upon life billows we a tempest tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And the refrain goes, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you.
name of Gus Anderson, tells about, a, tells about visiting a church in a farming community in eastern Alberta, Canada, where there had been eight years of drought that puts them deep in debt. And the economic situation seemed hopeless. In spite of their poverty, they continued to worship and praise God. He was especially impressed with one man dressed in overalls and an old coat, the best clothes he had, who stood up and quoted Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. With deep meaning he said, though the fig tree does not blossom, and the fruit is under the vines, though the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the store, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. Anderson thought that that man had found the secret of joyful praise. Have we? What about us? Yes, we have our troubles. Right now, we are haunted with the COVID-19. We have deaths and trouble, tribulations around us. But we are in much better condition than what is said in Habakkuk. Are we giving praise and glory to God? When we think of giving God praise, we think of Hannah, who prayed earnestly for a son, although her husband, although her husband Alcanah loved her, she was unable to bear children and received reproach from those around her, especially Alcanah's other wife. Hear what Hannah said at the birth of her son Samuel, in Samuel 2.8. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. God gave the prophet Nathan a message for David. It was actually a reminder that what God had done for him and a revelation of what he will continue to do. God had taken from him the pasture, had taken him from the pasture and from tending sheep to be ruler over his people Israel. He had protected him from the enemies and now he will make him, make his name great, the greatest, of one of the greatest men on earth. Notice David's response found in Samuel 7, 18 and 19. Who am I? 
also to your servant house for a great while to come. Let this be instruction for the people, O Lord God. As we listen to these verses, we may believe that these promises are only for virgins, men after God's own heart, and Bible personalities that happened long ago and far away. But no, these promises are for everyone. In Mary's song of praise, she says, His mercy extends from generation to generation. God leaves no one out. That was the point in making his coming to the humble and the lowly. He specifically says so in the following verses. A woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. But he said, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and obey. Jesus does not deny what the woman said, but is showing his followers that the spiritual relationship with Jesus is more important than family ties, and their blessedness is a matter of both hearing and doing the will of God. Nothing about family lineage. Psalm 119.139 says, He raises up the poor, the same more less the same thing that Hannah said. Raises up the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. Oh, make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her a joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Verse 7 echoes the sentiment of Hannah. He lifts up the needy out of the dung here. Quite an image, don't you think? We are indebted to Mary, not to the extent of making her deity, but for reminding us of her personal grace. She reminds us of those times when God proves himself faithful in the lives of his children. We have a God who is worthy of our praise, faith, love, and worship. The question we should ask ourselves this morning is whether we have a heart similar to the one that dwelt in Mary. Here are some questions for us to ponder. Are we in a personal relationship with God? Are we in a position in our walk with the Lord whereby we can, in all honesty, celebrate Him this Christmas? Can we say like Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior? Are our souls truly ready to celebrate? Let us pray.
their faith and their goodness to them. Let us, like Mary, magnify you and let our spirit rejoice in you. Let this Christmas be one of true praise and worship. In his holy name we pray. Amen.
Architry hymn number 53. The Architry hymn number 53. The basket for those who weren't able to bring the donation for the gift care packages are at the front. At the front. Please take note of that. No.
Communion hymn, please. 571. 571.
the celebrants for this week. Caroline Doe on Wednesday, Jomari Simmons on Friday, and Vanessa William, Vanessa Rawlings on Christmas Day. Let, let's do one thing before we leave. Um, let's turn to page 79. In your prayer book, please. And let's recite together number 16. Almighty God, 
give of every good gift. Look graciously on your church, and so guide the minds of those who shall choose a bishop for the diocese, that we may receive a faithful pastor who will care for your people and equip us of your ministries through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The recession. Number 46, 46.
one notice here. I know some of us do not make the evening, the, the service at night during Christmas Eve, but there will be a service at St. John's, and I understand it to be at nine o'clock. Seven. Seven o'clock. They change it to seven? Amen. Go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Amen.